when we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, welcome back to Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks for dropping by. We really do appreciate it. Front door to the camp house is brought to you by Fortiflora, an incredible product from my friends at Purina that settles GI upset in our dogs. In fact, uh, Fortiflora is the best-selling number one canine probiotic in all of America. If you own a dog, you really need to keep Fortiflora handy. Keep it in the fridge. Have it ready to go. Florida, Florida. The Kinder Outdoors Camp House located just outside of Alvord, Texas. The gateway to the grasslands, the Bermuda Triangle of good old boy, never far from a fishing trip or an Allsup's burrito. All good stuff in my book. <laughs> Got a fun show lined out for you today. We're going to go bird hunting with Jay Stein. He is the executive director of the Quail Coalition. I'm a proud member of the Quail Coalition, been involved with the coalition since its inception more than a decade ago. Quail Coalition raises very important research dollars and sends them to places like the Western Piney Woods Station of the Tall Timbers Research Program. Out in East Texas, Brad Kabechka. He heads up that research there. They're bringing quail back to East Texas. It's working. This research is working. And we're going to talk to Brad about it today. See exactly what's going on with Bob White quail in East Texas, where their numbers have been dismal in recent decades. And I've invited Joel Colander to drop back by Rock Island Auction Company. It's auction weekend at that brand-new facility in Bedford, Texas. A lot of ground to cover, so pour yourself a hot cup of coffee and prop your feet up by the fire. You're in camp with Kinder Outdoors. I like a well-armed America. Bad guys are always going to have guns. They're always going to have guns. Therefore, good guys need them too. How about the results of this poll? More than half of American voters, people who actually get out and vote, more than half, 52%, say they or someone in their household owns a gun. That's an NBC News national poll. The story came from the NRA ILA. That's the highest share of voters who say they or someone in their household owns a gun in the history of this NBC News poll. And that question dates back to 1999. 45% of independent voters reported that they or someone in their household owns a firearm. 41% of Democrats confirmed the same. Black Friday is typically the largest day of the year for gun sales. This year, no different. Gun buyers set a record for FBI National Instant Criminal Background Check System checks. That means they were at the counter buying guns. A lot of us were on Black Friday. First time I've ever seen a message like this from the state of Texas. First time for me. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department encourages residents in the western, southwestern, and northeastern portions of Texas to practice appropriate bear safety measures and report sightings. More and more over the past 10 years, we've seen the little black bear come back to their native habitat in Texas. If you grew up here like I did, 
You've probably never seen a bear in Texas, but it's happening more and more. A lot of you are going to roll up to your favorite spot and turn the bird dogs loose today. Let's be careful how we do that. Pro dog trainer, Kinder Outdoors pro staffer Tom Dockin from his Oak Ridge Kennels in Northfield, Minnesota. Tom? You know, there's lots of safety things that you need to think about when you're when you're hunting with your dog. And, and I'm going to go through some of the things, and the obvious ones are, you know, uh, using a gun and, and what you're going to have to watch out for so a dog doesn't get in harm's way from the gun. But you know what the number one the number one safety issue for a hunting dog is it really doesn't have anything to do with the gun. And, I, and I'll give you the scenario, and here's how it happens. You pull up on a dirt road, you're upland hunting, you're ready to get out, and you're ready to go to your hunting spot. You're just pulled off to the shoulder, and here's what happens. You're ready to go out and hunt. So the first thing that you've done is you've let the dog out of the vehicle while you're now rummaging around in the back of the vehicle looking for your gun, your shotgun shells, and your vest. This couldn't be any worse of a situation. You are predisposed with looking in the vehicle. You have traffic coming by, no idea where your dog is, and this is how most fatal accidents happen when you're hunting. But let me tell you, here's a simple rule, and I use this rule all the time. The last thing I take out of the vehicle when I'm ready to hunt is the dog, and it's always the first thing I put away when I get back. It's so easy to avoid, and if you follow that principle, you're not going to put a dog in harm's way. It takes a half a second for something tragic to happen. You can avoid it by just changing the way your habits are going to go when you go hunting. That safety tip is going to be very valuable. And if you see somebody who you're hunting with that's not following that, you know, maybe make a point nicely to let them know that, hey, uh, who's going to watch the dog while we're getting our gear up? That training tip is our tip for the week. If you'd like to look for Dawkins dog training products, you can go to Dawkins.com or go to a local dealer near you. Thanks, Tom. Hey, you visit Tom's kennel up in Northfield, Minnesota, you'll notice that he feeds all of his client dogs and his personal dogs, Purina Pro Plan, and cares for their health with great products like Fortiflora from Purina Veterinary Diets. Good enough for Tom, good enough for me. Let's grab a cup of coffee. This is professional hunter Ivan Carter with Kinder Outdoors. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. Over the years, the DSC Convention and Sporting Expo has raised millions of critical dollars for wildlife and wild places around the globe. West Texas water guzzlers aid and nourish many species. 
a helicopter with the DSC logo fights against poaching in Africa. We stand on Capitol Hill day after day defending your ability to hunt, fish, and shoot. This important work depends on your attendance at the DSC convention. Please come and enjoy. Details are at biggame.org. Rock Island Auction Company proudly presents the largest firearms auction in Texas history. The world's number one firearms auction house has expanded to Bedford, and their inaugural three-day event is filled with world-class firearms for collectors, shooters, and hunters alike. So mark your calendar for Rock Island Auction Company's December 8th, 9th, and 10th premier firearms auction. This unprecedented event is open to the public, and so is the December 7th preview day. We'll see you there. For more information, visit rockislandauction.com. Rock Island Auction Company, where history lives. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. I want to urge you to plan what will be the trip of a lifetime to Argentina. Hunt doves or ducks with my friends at Cordoba Doves. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative, and he's right here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Call him at 817-797-9020. Like me, you can plan your next trip of a lifetime with Lane Balky and Cordoba Doves. We pick you up at the airport, and you're in our care custody control. All meals, all drinks, all eats are included in the package. Lane is a hunter himself, and when he describes that first morning that you'll witness in the field, it raises the hairs on the back of your neck. The first morning, the fly-off of the roost in the morning is spectacular. Birds, almost as far as you can see, and they fly like that all day until sunset. Come on, let's go to Argentina. It's closer than you think. Visit CordobaDoves.com or give Lane a call, 817-797-9020. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. And God we trust. That fishing story you just told? Not so much. Come on, it's camp house time at Kinder Outdoors. We're going to go bird hunting today at Kinder Outdoors with Jay Stein, Executive Director of the Quail Coalition. Welcome back, Jay. It's always a pleasure. You bet. Thanks for having me, Billy. Yeah. Hey, Jay Stein, tell us real quickly, who is the Quail Coalition? Well, Quail Coalition is uh, an organization we were about uh, 15 years now, uh, started in uh, 2009 to basically create our own quail conservation organization that kept all the money local. Uh, we were, you know, a lot of the chapters in Texas that were part of Quail Unlimited that uh, were raising a lot of money but having to send it to a national headquarters and, you know, wanted to break away and keep all the money local. So we 
started a, a coalition based in Texas, and uh, now we're expanding our borders and moving into Oklahoma and uh, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, other states. Um, the, the mission's been really good, and our uh, amount of money we raised has been very beneficial for Quail in Texas. So a lot of people are seeing what we're doing and like our model and want to expand. Well, let's enjoy the fruits of our labor for just a minute or two here. It's now getting into sure. the part of quail season that I've always really loved. We've got November behind us, which can still be like late summer in Texas. Uh, but once you start moving in, the leaves get they're down. We get a heavy ice or freeze uh, and start laying some of that cover down. Then your dogs can really work, and we can start truly seeing what we have out in the pastures. Uh, are you hearing some good reports? Are you finding some birds yourself? Hearing some great reports, uh, you know, compared to the last few years, uh, you know, quail is known as a boom-bust species. We, we've gone through a couple of down years and uh, got some rain in the spring. Unfortunately, it got really dry in the summer, but uh, still, these are really hardy and resilient birds and had a, a good spring production and uh, certainly an uptick. It's not where we want it to be or where it was in 2016-17, but uh, I've I've been out, uh, had some really good quail hunts compared to the last few years, and, you know, I, I follow a lot of people and keep up with a lot of quail hunters that this is their passion, and uh, I've seen some reports of 15 and 20 covey days already in the rolling plains, and South Texas guys get started a little later just because it's a little warmer down there and got to wait for those snakes to go to bed, but... Uh, the uh, reports have been great, and, you know, the the research that we funded, a lot of these programs do quail counts, and, and those have had a pretty good uptick, uh, especially in the Rolling Plains and uh, South Texas uh, got really dry in the summer, but uh, they're they're looking good as normal, uh, not, as, not as good as most years, but, uh, yeah, things are looking up, and we hope that this is kind of a foundation for next year to be even better, uh, kind of like what we saw in 2015 leading into 2016. Mm -hmm. Yes, those were phenomenal years. I mean, we went from zero to hero. Uh, phenomenal years, right. two of yeah. them. That was a quail tsunami two years in a row. You just don't see that happen. Jay, I have gotten to the point where I just absolutely hate this question. They come up to you and they say, so why do we not have as many quail now as we used to have? That, 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 there are so many answers to that that it would take half a day to say, well, some of them are gone because of this. Some of them are gone because of that. How do you answer that question when people say, hey, Jay, Executive Director Quail Coalition, where'd the quail go? Yeah, it's the number one question I get. And, uh, you know, it is a myriad of factors, and, and that's honestly why we exist. Uh, we fund all these research programs to try to, to solve that mystery. Uh, we feel like we've got a few theories and uh some things that are that are working uh, you know that it, it's everything from habitat to predators to uh, the weather you know it's you, you've got to have so many things line up for a great quail season um, you know there's uh, a medicated feed program that we've funded for years that uh, has has come out of that has been a development of a medicated feed to control parasites in quail um, that's very close to being approved. I know I've said that for a couple of years, but it's actually finally fully approved by the FDA and in label review, and we hope to have that product out next spring, but that's a uh, product that 
targets eye worms and sequel worms, just like we do for our dogs. We we deworm our dogs for uh, hookworms and roundworms, and this will be a dewormer for quail. And we've talked about it for a long time, but as you know, government moves slow, and uh, we're we're right on the the uh, lip of the cup in golf terms, and um, it's uh, something that we're pretty excited about, and we we hope people implement it, and it uh, brings quail back. Uh, when we have the, the conditions for habitat and, and weather that, that line up, we should have quail. And that's what we're hoping is a big uh, piece of the puzzle here. You know, we're Texas boys. I, I grew up in Palo Pinto County. You uh, have spent a lot of time north of me up there in Clay County. I now live in mm-hmm. Wise County. We spend a lot of time in West Texas. And we can both think back. I'm sure I know I can. You could You could probably think back to the days, Jay, when – uh, you could leave the house. I could leave my house when I was 10, 12 years old with my single shot, 12 gauge shotgun, and no dog, and easily in Palo Pinto County walk up six or eight or even 10 cubbies of quail in an hour. Uh, and people would think you're lying when you say that, but that actually existed for you young people that have never seen that. Uh, Jay and I are proof that, that that's the kind of bird numbers this state held at one time. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what we hope to get back to, and that's what a lot of us that a lot of the reasons we quail hunt is because we quail hunted with our grandfathers or our dads, and and I can uh, keenly remember Clay County being covered in quail in the 80s when I was you know too young to shoot but old enough to follow along, and uh, and we've had years again, you know, it's not that far removed. Uh, we had those conditions in 2016 and 17, and uh, as I mentioned, you know, I feel like we're we're kind of coming back on that trajectory, hopefully for another good year or two coming up. And, uh, yep. you know, there's uh, across the state, you know, South Texas, there's sadly uh, not really any quail hunting left in East Texas, but we're working to change that, too. We've got a program we funded with the Tall Timbers Research Station that has cleaned up the habitat and done some burning and predator control uh, in the in the western piney woods and Believe it or not, they've reintroduced wild quail out there and had uh, unbelievable success in the first year. And they're already trapping birds that have survived all year and produced chicks. And we've essentially reintroduced wild quail to East Texas. And it's a small scale, but we hope to expand that. Uh, Lots of landowners out there are taking note and want to get back to the glory days. And I think you could ask most people, they thought they'd never see quail in East Texas again, but we're on our way. And that's exciting news to our friends that are listening in Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, all the way to Georgia and the Carolinas. Uh, This success is going to grow like wildfire, uh, or that is the hope anyway, uh, that what's happening in East Texas will spread. If folks want to be a part of this, uh, if they have a soft spot in their heart for the quail and they, hey, maybe they can attend a banquet, maybe they're far away and can only send a few bucks or whatever, we'd welcome them aboard. Yes, sir. Yeah, they can go to our website at quailcoalition.org. You know, you can uh, join as a member, a life member, donate whatever you can. Uh, But, yeah, the best way to do it is to uh, join us at one of our banquets. They're a heck of a lot of fun. We raise a lot of money and uh, very well attended. Almost every event this year has been sold out and set records as far as fundraising. And uh, it's just a, a great way to get involved. Yep, sure is. Jay, are you quail hunting this weekend? I'm actually headed to Georgia uh, Sunday for a, a two-day hunt out at Pine Hill Plantation, which is one of our big 
uh, donors for a lot of our chapters. They donate a quail hunt. So lucky enough to head out there and uh, experience the, the tall timbers out in South Georgia. <laughs> You're going to have a ball. I want a full report when you get back, brother. Be safe and have sure, fun, you okay? Bet. You bet. Hey, before you take off on that bird hunt across the country and change up the routine, the water, and the lifestyle of your dogs for a few days, make sure that you load up on Florida Flora. Safe enough to give every day, and it will keep a constant and steady GI system in your dogs. Forta Flora. I'm Jody Clark with the experience with Weston and Jody. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. That may be the best one I've ever recorded. Whatever. I wish you could see the incredible pheasant mount that I got back from my buddy Roy Holdridge at True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas. The mount of these pheasants in their native habitat is just phenomenal. I really try to preserve my memories from the field in a way that's worthy of spending the time and money on taxidermy. So when my son and I shot these two pheasants on the rise up in South Dakota, I tucked them away from the meat birds because I knew I wanted to send them to Roy. I also gathered up some of the corn stalks and dirt and stubble that we were hunting in. Roy took those raw products and recreated an unbelievable replica of our memory. In fact, you can see it at kinderoutdoors.com. Roy can do this for you, too. TrueLifeTaxidermy.org. True Life Taxidermy, Granbury, Texas. Santa reminds you to obey, but no hunting signs around the North Pole. He loves to hunt, but needs his transportation. If you've decided that you need a new deer rifle, come see us at Marksman Firearms and Outfitters in Mansfield, Granbury, Killeen, and Wichita Falls. We have all of the most popular calibers, optics, accessories, and ammo for your big game hunting needs. Our staff is knowledgeable and eager to help you. Same as cash layaway, too. Santa knows. MarksmanFirearms.com. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with Carib Sea Sport Fishing. Marlin, sailfish, rooster fish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamounts. Carib Sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishincostarica.com. Catchafishincostarica.com. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. 
After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit joshuacreek.com. Somewhere over this horizon sit a million little dictators eager to purge humanity of its hunting instincts. Contrived emotions flood from their air-conditioned, glass-paneled, Wi-Fi-enabled habitats over the mountains and out into the wild, from which they hate to admit they emerged. Their foolish quest to force nature to fit their feelings threatens the survival of every living thing on our planet. If their fevered tantrums are ever imposed, the Earth will be ruled by the deadliest combination in the natural world, human ignorance and human arrogance. Travel another path, the truest path, nature's path. Trust the hunter in your blood. Coffee's always on, and the conservation is always good. Make sure you bring a youngin' or two. Together, let's teach them what heritage and tradition looks like. This is the Big Billy Kinder Outdoors Camp House. And I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks for dropping by and hanging out with us for a while. This corner of the camp house is brought to you by my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch. That is a great place to introduce your kiddos to the outdoors in a very safe, and productive environment. They're going to see birds. They're going to see dog work. Instead of miles and miles of walking without any pro productivity, they're actually going to see a lot of birds. They're going to get to shoot at birds. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Joel Colander is back at sale week for that brand new Rock Island auction uh, facility in Bedford, Texas. Welcome, Joel. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's going to be a busy weekend for us. Yeah, it certainly is. It already is. Uh, we're talking about Rock Island Auction Company and their brand new location in Bedford, Texas, right in the middle of the Metroplex at Harwood and 121 on the east side of Highway 121 right there, the southeast corner of that mm -hmm. uh, intersection. Joel, we had a big preview day on Thursday. That was fun. We had a giant day yesterday at auction. That was fun. And two more big days today and tomorrow. Uh, to kick off this brand-new premier uh, location for Rock Island Auction Company. I'm having a good time with this. I hope you are. It's been it's been so long, and it's so good to see the place filled up and, and active the way we'd envisioned. It's, everything's just 
better than we could have anticipated. I mean, Texas has been nothing but but hospitable, and, and that should come as no surprise. Obviously, there's no admission. Come on in, bid in person, or you can bid online, right? Oh, absolutely, RockIslandAuction.com. There's uh, there's all sorts of ways to submit bids there. Uh, tell us a little bit about what we're going to see uh, today and tomorrow, Sunday. Sure. Well, the big one uh, that, or one of the big ones, I should say, that's going to start off the day, the 66th lot of the day, is that quickly down under rifle we, of course, talked about last week. Um, that's going to grab its fair share of attention, especially with all these people here. That's going to be okay. huge. Formerly in Tom Selleck's collection, donated it to the NRA uh, for auction to raise money for the NRA, uh, has been in a couple of other private collections since then, and now comes up for public auction today, later today, Saturday. And even earlier than that, there's going to be a – it's a beautiful – and you see it on a cover of one of our uh, catalogs, this absolutely gorgeous Winchester Model 1886, uh, Ulrich engraved and gold inlaid. Like, this is a factory exhibition piece. This also is American art, plain and simple. It was actually originally shipped – to a Texas entrepreneur uh, back in the day. Now, we've sold similarly patterned 86s for right around that million-dollar mark. Um, those had slightly better condition than this one, but this is – it's so the work on this, like I said, it's American art. It's so stunning and, and always a treat to see. Um, if Getting away from, like, some of the American uh, pieces of art, there's also uh, – a cased pair of French exhibition pistols, 1855. These went into, you know, any number of the world's fairs over in Europe. They're by famed uh, Parisian gunsmith Gastine Renette. Uh, they're also one of the heavy hitters in the auction um, with an estimate, you know, give or take right around a quarter million dollars. I mean, and those are just some of the first couple hours, if that. Uh, <laughs> and there's, and there's definitely more where that came from. We mentioned this last week, but boy, Texas and right right in the middle of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, this is a got to be a home-run location for you guys. We're, we're a collector of firearms. Right now it's in Rock Island, Illinois, and by gosh, it's been a location that's, that's obviously given us a fair amount of success. But now it's time to up the ante. You know, collector firearms are every bit of deserving of a world stage location, and what better spot for collector firearms than the culture of Texas? It's a great location. It's more people it's the type of uh, area we want to be in, and it's the type of facility, like I said, that that gun that collector firearms have been deserving of for some time. And it's an investment in the future. Of those we've we've always said uh, that they're they're undervalued. You know, where you can sell your collector baseball cards for 4.2 million, or I just saw recently, like last week, a bottle of whiskey sold for 2.6 million. Wow. Well, so it's time for collector firearms for what you're getting. You could get a bottle of whiskey or you could, you know, for a quarter of that price, you could get that Winchester exhibition we just talked about. Well, I know which one I'd rather have. Yeah, and me so too. <laughs> we know where the marketplace we know where the marketplace is going. Uh and the location's really just a putting money where your mouth is. Like, yeah, we don't just believe it, we're investing in it. Yeah. So what do you do with a two point six million dollar bottle of whiskey? Apparently not drink it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because it is still around. <laughs> yeah, just hang on to it. Uh, there are some very famous guns in this auction this weekend. We talked about the Quigley gun, Quigley Down Under from the uh, Tom Selleck collection. Other guns from Tom Selleck's uh, current collection uh, actually uh, appearing in this auction. 
including Magnum PI pistols that we all saw on TV. Yep, this is actually a series. They were, I don't believe, in the series. These were a, a set of pistols that Mr. Selleck had commissioned after the fact. Uh, it was a series of originally four uh, pistols. We have one through three, and they're, they're gold inlaid on the side, Magnum 1, Magnum 2, wow. Magnum 3. Um, and like I said, they're, they're straight out of Mr. Selleck's collection. We do have a video on our, our YouTube channel that shows some of the other ones. It's not just, you know, Colts or Winchesters. Like I said, he's got great semi-automatics like this. There's shotguns in the mix as well. Um, like I said, just a fantastic eye for, for really high-end collector firearms. Hey, that makes those Selleck guns even more attractive to me, that uh, they weren't just for TV, TV props. He, he went out and had these commissioned, had these built uh, after the fact for his own personal collection. That's really cool. Um, the hours, uh, today, Saturday, tomorrow, Sunday, and the nuts and bolts, Joel, if we want to come down and see you or if we want to bid online. Sure. The auction, of course, there's no, there's no time for bidding online. You can bid three in the morning eating Cheetos if you want to. Uh, that website is up and accepting bids all the time. Uh, if you'd like to come bid live, our doors open at 10 a.m. Uh, that's a little different than our Illinois location. Those auctions used to open at 9. So if you show up at 9, I'm afraid we, we won't be open just yet. The, the Bedford uh, location will open at 10 a.m. each day. Uh, or I'm sorry, the auction will start at 10 a.m. each day. The doors are open slightly earlier than that each auction day just to, to preview the, that day's offerings. Very good. Located at Harwood and 121 in Bedford. Hey, we'll see you down uh, down there at uh, the brand new, that sparkling new, beautiful Rock Island Auction Company location in Bedford. A little bit later today, Joel. Hey, sounds good. It's uh, We might be a little busy, but uh, we'll always find some time to say howdy. This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute, a focus on people that make a difference. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled, but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, Contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at KinderOutdoors.com. Hey, you know, earlier I was talking about Joshua Creek Ranch, and I said it's a great place to introduce the kids to wing shooting and bird dogs. You know, starting just a couple of years ago, they now have family memberships at Joshua Creek Ranch. You can enjoy the place with your family more often now. Check out the membership opportunities at Joshua Creek Ranch when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. I'm making my list and checking it twice. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it. With Kinder Outdoors.
There's no reason to be miserably cold while you hunt or fish. Still hunting, snow hunting, ice fishing, or just going to the ball game. Stay warm with Buffalo Wool products. You know, I, I would have had no idea that bison had such a usable fiber, but the more you, you get into it, the more you play with it and learn and see what it does, you realize why these animals are so well protected in the environments that they are. They will grow this fiber as needed to protect that heart, lungs, area, keep their core insulated, whether it's from the heat or the cold. I've depended on buffalo wool to keep me warm in bitter conditions for over a decade now. Part of the reason that we love you so much is because of the fact that you actually went out, tried it, tested it before we even discussed anything about working with you. So that's sort of what we want. We just want to make sure people are comfortable. Not everybody needs us. Not everybody is out stand hunting at, you know, 30 degrees or not everybody has circulatory issues. But for those that do, we want to make it available. We want to make it as durable as possible. And we want to make it work. We want people happy, warm, and comfortable. That's it. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com Rock Island Auction Company proudly presents the largest firearms auction in Texas history. The world's number one firearms auction house has expanded to Bedford, and their inaugural three-day event is filled with world-class firearms for collectors, shooters, and hunters alike. From historic Colts and Winchesters to spectacular sporting arms, your new favorite gun is waiting for you. So mark your calendar for Rock Island Auction Company's December 8th, 9th, and 10th premier firearms auction. This unprecedented event is open to the public, and so is the December 7th preview day, where you can view and handle history. It's a full day in their brand new state-of-the-art facility for you to touch, see, and inspect any of the collectibles in this massive three-day event. It's been called the museum you can touch. Come find out why on December 7th, then stay for three days of the largest gun auction Texas has ever seen. That's December 8th, 9th, and 10th. We'll see you there. For more information, visit rockislandauction.com. Rock Island Auction Company, where history lives. Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning fast Wi-Fi and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected even when you're getting away. The vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority, come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com Hi, I'm Jim Shockey, and it's time once again to invite you to our annual Jim Shockey Classic two-day charity event where we all get together to celebrate and honor those who have served and sacrificed. All of us deeply admire the invaluable sacrifices made by our military personnel. 100% of the proceeds fund all expense-paid Shockey tribute hunts through the Freedom Hunters Military Outreach Program. In addition to the golf tournament, there will be a sporting clay tournament on Sunday morning before the banquet. So join me April 14th and 15th, 2024 at the award-winning Barnsley Resort in Adersville, Georgia, nestled in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. Visit JimShockeyClassic.com to sponsor, to register, or to donate, and also to learn more about our great event. I really hope to see you there. 
That view from the porch is pretty awesome this time of year. Let's sit and visit a while at Kinder Outdoors. Out in East Texas, you'll find a little piece of Florida. The Tall Timbers Research Center in Florida has a research station in East Texas studying, hey, just exactly why there's not Bob White quail here anymore and working on a restoration project. And it's looking pretty good. Brad Kabechka heads that up. It's been too long. Welcome back, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Bob White's in East Texas. You, you've been uh, doing some really good work there now for a couple of years, and you've seen some successes out there. Tell us exactly what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd characterize it as um, we've, we've been pretty successful the first year. Um, this, this was our first year we actually translocated some birds. We've been working in this region for a couple of years now with private properties, providing technical guidance on management and prescriptions for managing for bobwhite in this part of the world. Um, but this past year, after a couple of years of management, um, we, were, we were monitoring on this one property um, research site that uh, after a couple of years, they had done a lot of habitat work um, at pretty, pretty good scales, um, large scale, say 2,500 acres or more. And, uh, and we, we just weren't seeing a population response. You know, we often hear this mantra, build it and they will come. But in East Texas, we've pretty much kind of lost a lot of our bobwhite populations, so there's not really many areas or source populations for those birds to come from. So we ended up translocating wild birds into East Texas to that re um, restored habitat this past year, and we brought uh, 60 bobwhite in January and 60 in March um, to that property. So a total of 120 birds, half were male and half were female. And of those 60 females, we documented 74 nests this year they did um they were really pumping out the nest the survival was great um from our adult birds uh, so we we still have birds on air what we call on air every single one of those 120 birds got radio tagged and so we've tracked them throughout the year we've we've gotten almost uh, 25,000 gps locations um with our team just going out there and tracking those birds every single day and uh, we've been able to um to learn a lot about what they're nesting in, uh, what they're avoiding in terms of habitat and what they're favoring, and how they're using habitat in terms of prescribed fire, um, feed lines, uh, predation rates by different types of predators, just all kinds of really cool stuff, both on private lands and also uh, adjacent to this private land is industrial lands and how those birds are using that landscape, say, when they disperse off property and then come back on. So. Um, Pretty cool stuff. Our annual survival, I mentioned that survival has been good this year. Uh, we're expecting about 30% or a little bit more than 30% annual survival, which for most uh, most folks that doesn't sound great. Um, but quail, on average, have about a 20 to 30% annual survival rate um, in a stable population, and they make that up with really high reproduction. So uh, we saw about as high as survival rates as we could uh, really wish for. And, and great reproduction, those 74 nests out of those 60 hens. So we're gonna um, we're gonna replicate that again next year. We're gonna bring more birds in the year after, and we're gonna continue to monitor those. This week we're actually trapping um, our birds to get estimates of density on the property now and uh, chick survival and all kinds of other cool stuff. So uh, lots of stuff going on in addition to the uh, just the, the translocation. I guess so. Yeah, and I can hear our listeners thinking out loud. Uh, right now, Brad, they're saying, well, hey, my granddad grew up hunting quail in East Texas. There were lots of birds, 
Where'd they go? That's the million-dollar question, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, we, we have a good handle on how to grow quail um, in, in the right situations, um, and those situations can be hard to come by sometimes. Um, but those that are dedicated, I feel like, uh, you know, Bob White's been studied for 100 years, and uh, most most hunters will also tell you that they have a search image in their mind when they go out hunting. They're going to be looking for some sort of vegetation structure or something in the back of their mind. They know what quail habitat looks like. And um, most of East Texas, we just don't have habitat. We have to start there. Um, and, you know, that's that's just a big – I'd say if, if that's the million-dollar question, um, <laughs> I'd like to see some of the million dollars because <laughs> I feel like we have the answer. <laughs> and we really do. It's just putting it on the ground. The research is great, and, and we're going to continue to – hopefully home away at the, uh, uh, more information. But uh, a lot of what we um, know needs to just be put on the ground. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it does take money. Uh, and on the same show this week, we have Jay Stein uh, with the Quail Coalition. And uh, we're telling folks about the Quail Coalition and how they can become involved in this great research. And I wanted folks to hear you about your successes uh, that you're seeing out in East Texas. Research is not like flipping on a light switch and boom, instantly there's the answer. These things take time and money, and you're seeing over time now some really good results. It's a good investment if you care uh, about our quails. The Quail Coalition uh, is a good place to uh, to start. Uh, tell me this, Brad. How often do you see an eastern wild turkey over there in, in those piney woods? Actually, uh, fairly frequently, um, but I want to hit back on something that you mentioned about Quail Coalition. You're right. It takes a village. Quail Coalition is a huge supporter of our program, both uh, Park City's Quail Coalition and the Houston Quail Coalition, as well as other private donors and NGOs. It takes um, it takes a village to make this happen, to support the research, to, um, to host the research, to have the land and having landowners and, and uh, public um Land um, holders like the state and the feds willing to do the management, it, it, it's huge. But um, as you mentioned, the, the eastern wild turkeys, uh, they're kind of like quail in this area too. They need frequent prescribed fire, open pine systems. Most of East Texas is overgrown with brush and understories, um, become big, essentially mid stories and overgrown uh, timber plantations. And uh, once we start thinning and burning, we tend to see those turkeys rebound. Um, we actually have a concurrent project going on on our property, or I say our property, the property that we're working on in East Texas, in which we're working collaboratively with Texas Parks and Wildlife and a Ph.D. student at LSU to put GPS tags on wild turkeys. And we're learning a lot about um, eastern wild turkeys in our landscape as well. Um, it's, it's really quite fascinating <laughs> What we learned this year, I was surprised exactly how far those birds move. We had one bird that moved 16 miles. What? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, one and one turkey went uh, eight or nine miles north, and he came back to our the property where we caught him on, and then he went eight or nine miles south, came back to the property worked on, and now he's back eight miles south again. He's uh, he's a roamer, <laughs> but it's, it's quite amazing at those low densities. They're looking for love and traveling the landscape using open pine where it's real dense pine timber, real overgrown stuff. It, you would have thought there was a high fence on some of the, the those GPS tags that we put on these birds that collect the location every hour. 
And um, so you get some pretty high-resolution, um, cool GPS tracks of where these birds are going. And uh, I overlaid that with some of our aerial imagery. And, and like I said, you would have thought that some of these properties had high fences and these birds couldn't get around it, but it was, in fact, just really overgrown brush, and the birds didn't want to use it. I know that people are going to want to follow you and uh, keep up with what you're doing. Where can we go online to kind of stay in touch with uh, Tall Timbers East Texas? Well, you can find us on social media, of course, uh, Tall Timbers Research Station and Land Conservancy. You can find us at uh, talltimbers.org. And my contact information is on that website and my email and, and a phone number as well. Brad, we appreciate your hard work as a, a lifelong bird dog guy and quail hunter. Uh, you're doing very, very, very important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on and helping spread the message. When you attend a Park City's Quail Banquet, you're going to see my friends from Joshua Creek Ranch there. They'll be in the live auction at Park City's Quail. They always give away a trip to this five-star luxury Upland Bird Hunting Lodge. Now, if you win the bid at Park City's Quail on that hunt at Joshua Creek Ranch, two great things are going to happen. You're going to help this quail research and restoration effort, not only in East Texas, but all across the state. And you're going to have the time of your life at Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more about them at kinderoutdoors.com. Let's grab a biscuit and a cup of coffee. Stretch our legs. There are plenty of fish in the creek behind the camp house. Feel free to take a ride down from the wall and catch a few. Kinder Outdoors. Brought to you by the world's greatest dog fuel, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Purina Pro Plan is good for your dog, and you'll find a formula that's perfect for their age and lifestyle and even physical condition. At Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Kansas, and Missouri. Santa Claus is coming in just a few more days. Will he bring a brand new bird dog puppy this year? <laughs> well, a puppy of any kind, in addition to the family, requires some really special attention early on to make sure we have a solid adult dog on down the line. My friend Ronnie Smith from Smith Kennels up in Oklahoma addressed a new puppy for Christmas with us. He says it's a great time to put in place some great social skills for life with your new dog. Social skills are, are very, very important um, with your animal, just like they are with us. Uh, and two, if that dog is going to live in your house, then you need to set a precedence. You need to set the rules immediately and be very consistent. It's very easy to take that young puppy and turn him loose in the house, and everybody's loving on him and enjoying him. And then we don't pay attention to him, and he goes to the bathroom. Um, and then if you're not careful, that's the way he is for the rest of his life. Uh, so be very diligent about your crate training and your social skills. If you have young children, um, we all love puppies, uh, but make sure that those young children treat that dog right. They don't, you know, kids want to pet a dog, they see us pet it, and they just don't have the dexterity that we do, and they have a, a tendency to hit that dog. So teach your children, uh, and that will help socialize your dog as well. Yeah. 
Haul him with you. Take him. Take him around town with you. Everybody loves to pet a puppy. You know, I've seen dogs that were so that were socialized to the point that the first time they ever heard a gun was sitting in the back of a truck. Uh, there was a gentleman at a seminar one time, and he had a dog that went everywhere with him and was absolutely unmoved with any environment that he was in. And I remember we were um, we were going to do some shooting, and I said, "Would you like to move your dog?" And he said, "No, he'll be fine." So as we were doing the shooting, I watched the dog, and and he was right. The dog was absolutely unmoved by the situation. Socialization, very important. We don't want to start anything really uh, formal training-wise or, or difficult for that dog, probably for at least a year. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, talking about social skills, Bill, the, the importance of social skills are obviously it makes him a good citizen. But for training, a dog that, that is poorly socialized, a dog that's not had the attention, um, when you do try to do anything with him, he will misinterpret your intentions. Um, we get dogs in uh, occasionally that you, you reach down to stamp a rope into their collar to go uh, quarter them in the field, and just the mere um, uh, bending down to stamp the rope in their collar, they, they crouch away from you because they don't understand your intentions. So social skills are, are very, very important. So that Christmas puppy, socialization is extremely important. Uh, when we finally want to expose that puppy to a wing or a bird, how young can we do that? You know, you can do the wing drill about eight weeks of age, usually. Uh, anything younger than that, puppies just don't get it. Um, if you do the wing drill, again, realize that that's a visual, a visual exercise. So don't, don't do a lot of it. When you can flip a wing down uh, and a puppy points it instantly, you probably should discontinue that from then on. Um, because to continue, it just promotes a dog to point by sight. But it's so much fun to play with that puppy in a wing on a string. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. Ronnie Smith. Ronnie Smith and Susanna Love. Smith Kittles up in Oklahoma. Learn more about them at kinderoutdoors.com. Might be the exact choice you need to make for your training on that new Christmas puppy. One thing is absolutely sure about that new pup purina pro plan from puppy to senior citizen there's a pro plan formula specifically built for your dog ronnie smith feeds it so does tom dockin bob west up in iowa and 89 percent of the field trial champions across north america are fed purina pro plan pick up a bag at atwood's ranch and home stores oklahoma's pheasant season opened up last week Runs through January 31st, and birds are expected to be a little tougher to find this year. Pheasant hunters in Oklahoma will likely find pockets of birds in fair numbers in areas where habitat and conditions are most favorable. That's just the way it works. Insects, forbs, cover, those are the areas you want to search out before you make your trip. Try to stay away from those areas where the drought had the most impact. And then... After you bring that pheasant home, well, that's when we need a little help from Master Chef and Kinder Outdoors Camphouse Cook, John Bonnell. If you're just going to breast them out, take that breast meat, cut them into strips across the grain of the meat. That'll help them be more tender at the end. When you cut them into strips, one side of a breast cut into about three, maybe four pieces. Soak them in buttermilk with a little couple of shots of hot sauce, maybe a touch of salt in there as well. Dredge them from the buttermilk straight into some seasoned flour and fry them. 
I'm telling you, even the kids will go for fried pheasant strips when you do them that way. It's not hard. just takes a little bit of time. Love pheasant breast. Boy, that sounds really, really good. How long should we leave them in the uh, buttermilk? Uh, you know, you can soak them in buttermilk overnight in the fridge if you want, but give them at least 20 or 30 minutes. The buttermilk helps kind of leach out any extra blood that might be in there, and then the buttermilk and flour get together to make a real nice breading once you fry them. Hi, I'm Frank Gerstencorn. I have guns and gear in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Finest little gun shop in the West. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. When we venture into Dallas-Fort Worth for conventions and expos and Christmas shopping and family visits and football games and whatever, we stay in the cabins at the Vineyards Campground and Cabins on beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas. Each cabin has its own individual living social area and kitchen, dining room table. The kids and grandkids will love the loft, and you and your wife will enjoy the peaceful privacy of your own bedroom. One thing I really love about the cabins at the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas, is that I can park my truck right outside my door. No elevators, no getting up in the middle of the night and peeking out the window at the mass of vehicles to see if mine's still there, unmolested. I pour myself a cup of coffee from the supplied coffee pot in my Vineyards cabin and enjoy a view of the lake from my front porch. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins, Grapevine, Texas vineyardscampground.com Santa reminds you to obey the no hunting signs around the North Pole. He loves to hunt, but needs his transportation. (laughs) If you've decided that you need a new deer rifle, come see us at Marksman Firearms and Outfitters in Mansfield, Granbury, Killeen, and Wichita Falls. We have all of the most popular calibers, optics, accessories, and ammo for your big game hunting needs. Our staff is knowledgeable and eager to help you. Same as cash layaway, too. Santa knows. MarksmanFirearms.com. After Red Stick 1, outdoor author Ken Kirkaby's sequel, Red Stick 2, is a must-read. Virgil Clary is sent to South America, where he uses his unique tracking skills to find an American engineer abducted by revolutionaries. Kirkus Reviews says, Assured writing, a locomotive plot, and nonstop suspenseful action in a series that shows no signs of slowing down. Ken Kirkaby is an outdoor writer that truly lives the outdoors, and his books are all available on Amazon. Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has from the get-go been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural America. The Ag Texas family can help grow your herd or your operation. Give us a call and talk to Ag Texas pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance, protecting borrowed capital and savings. We specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees and have the right financial tools and knowledge at Ag Texas to help you grow and grow safely. We can't tell you when it's going to rain again, but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are agriculture at Ag Texas, and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com and just down the road. Hi, I'm Corey Mason, CEO for DSC, inviting you to the 2024 DSC Convention and Sporting Expo. 
Again, we will be at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas, January 11th through the 14th. This celebration of conservation, education, and advocacy work is enjoyed by outdoors men and outdoors women from around the globe. Do you want to hunt Alaska, Africa, Scotland, or even just down the road from home? The DSC Convention and Sporting Expo will feature outfitters from every spot you can dream of. Fine art, clothing, jewelry, gear, and terrific opportunities await you and your family this January in Dallas. Nightly banquets, fabulous auctions both in person and online. Raffles for dream trips and gear. The 2024 DSE Convention and Sporting Expo at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas, January 11th through the 14th. Get more details about the auctions, banquets, hotels, and more at biggame.org. We the people and our right to bear arms and our right to free speech gather here. This is Kinder Outdoors. Brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. Hey, thank you very much, Pro Plan, for not only bringing us the radio show, but for the in depth research that produced the world's greatest dog fuel. I've had healthier dogs through the years because I feed Pro Plan. You will too. Pick it up at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. No one does more for quail research and restoration than the Quail Coalition, based in Texas and growing outward. Jay Stein is the executive director. Welcome. You bet. Thanks for having me, Billy. Yeah. Hey, Jay Stein, tell us real quickly, who is the Quail Coalition? Well, Quail Coalition is uh, an organization we were about uh, 15 years now. Uh, started in uh, 2009 to basically create our own Quail conservation organization that kept all the money local. Uh, we were, you know, a lot of the chapters in Texas that were part of Quail Unlimited that uh, were raising a lot of money, but having to send it to a national headquarters and, you know, wanted to break away and keep all the money local. So we started a, a coalition based in Texas, and uh, now we're expanding our borders and moving into Oklahoma and uh, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, other states. Um, the, the mission's been really good and our uh, amount of money we raised has been very beneficial for quail in texas so a lot of people are seeing what we're doing and like our model and want to expand well let's enjoy the fruits of our labor for just a minute or two here it's now getting into the part of quail season that i've always really loved we've got november behind us which can still be like late summer in texas Uh, but once you start moving in the leaves get they're down we get a heavy ice or freeze Uh, and start laying some of that cover down, then your dogs can really work and we can start truly seeing what we have out in the pastures. Uh, Are you hearing some good reports? Are you finding some birds yourself? Hearing some great reports, uh, you know, compared to the last few years. uh, You know, quail is known as a boom-bust species. We've gone through a couple of down years and uh, got some rain in the spring. Unfortunately, it got really dry in the summer, but uh, still, these are really hardy and resilient birds and had a, a good spring production and uh, certainly an uptick. It's not where we want it to be or where it was in 2016-17, but uh, I've, I've been out, uh, had some really good quail hunts compared to the last few years, and, you know, I've, I follow a lot of people and keep up with a lot of quail hunters that 
this is their passion, and uh, I've seen some reports of 15 and 20 covey days already in the rolling plains. And South Texas guys get started a little later just because it's a little warmer down there and got to wait for those snakes to go to bed. But uh, the uh, reports have been great, and, you know, the the research that we funded, a lot of these programs do quail counts, and, and those have had a pretty good uptick, uh, especially in the rolling plains and uh, South Texas uh, got really dry in the summer, but uh, they're they're looking good as normal. Uh, not as not as good as most years, but uh, yeah, things are looking up, and we hope that this is kind of a foundation for next year to be even better. Uh, kind of like what we saw in 2015, leading into 2016. Mm-hmm. Yes, those were phenomenal years. I mean, we went from zero to hero. Uh, phenomenal years, right. two of yeah. them. That was a quail tsunami two years in a row. You just don't see that happen. Jay, I have gotten to the point where I just absolutely hate this question. They come up to you and they say, so why do we not have as many quail now as we used to have? There are so many answers to that that it would take half a day to say, well, some of them are gone because of this. Some of them are gone because of that. How do you answer that question when people say, hey, Jay, Executive Director Quail Coalition, Where'd the quail go? Yeah, it's the number one question I get. And, uh, you know, it is a myriad of factors, and, and that's honestly why we exist. Uh, we fund all these research programs to try to, to solve that mystery. Uh, we feel like we've got a few theories and uh, some things that are that are working. Uh, you know, the, it, it's everything from habitat to predators to uh, the weather you know, it's you. You got to have so many things line up for a great quail season. Um, you know, there's a, a medicated feed program that we've funded for years that uh, has has come out of that has been a development of a medicated feed to control parasites in quail. Um, that's very close to being approved. I know I've said that for a couple of years, but it's actually finally fully approved by the FDA and in label review, and we hope to have that product out next spring, but that's a uh, product that targets eye worms and sequel worms, just like we do for our dogs. We we deworm our dogs for uh, hook worms and round worms, and this will be a dewormer for quail, and we've talked about it for a long time, but as you know, government moves slow, and uh, we're, we're right on the, the uh, lip of the cup in golf terms, and um, it's... Uh, Something that we're pretty excited about, and we we hope people implement it, and it uh, brings quail back uh, when we have the the conditions for habitat and and weather that that line up. We should have quail, and that's what we're hoping is a big uh, piece of the puzzle here. You know, we're Texas boys. I, I grew up in Palo Pinto County. You uh, have spent a lot of time north of me up there in Clay County. I now live in mm-hmm. Wise County. We spend a lot of time in West Texas. And we can both think back. I'm sure. I know I can. You could. You could probably think back to the days, Jay, when uh, you could leave the house. I could leave my house when I was 10, 12 years old with my single shot, 12 gauge shotgun, and no dog, and easily in Palo Pinto County walk up six or eight or even ten coveys of quail in an hour. Uh, and people would think you're lying when you say that, but that actually existed for you young people that have never seen that. Uh, Jay and I are proof that, that that's the kind of bird numbers this state held at one time. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what we hope to get back to, and that's what a lot of us 
that a lot of the reasons we quail hunt is because we quail hunted with our grandfathers or our dads, and, and I can uh, keenly remember Clay County being covered in quail in the 80s when I was, you know, too young to shoot, but old enough to follow along, and uh, and we've had years again, you know, it's not that far removed. Uh, we had those conditions in 2016 and 17, and uh, as I mentioned, you know, I feel like we're we're kind of coming back on that trajectory, hopefully for another good year or two coming up. And, uh, yep. you know, there's uh, across the state, you know, South Texas, there's sadly uh, not really any quail hunting left in East Texas, but we're working to change that too. We've got a program we funded with the Tall Timbers Research Station that has cleaned up the habitat and done some burning and predator control uh, in the in the western piney woods. And believe it or not, they've reintroduced wild quail out there and had uh, unbelievable success in the first year. And they're already trapping birds that have survived all year and produced chicks. And we've essentially reintroduced wild quail to East Texas. And it's a small scale, but we hope to expand that. Uh, lots of landowners out there are taking note and want to get back to the glory days. And I think you could ask most people, they thought they'd never see quail in East Texas again, but we're on our way. And that's exciting news to our friends that are listening in Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, all the way to Georgia and the Carolinas. Uh, this success is going to grow like wildfire, uh, or that is the hope anyway, uh, that what's happening in East Texas will spread. If folks want to be a part of this, uh, if they have a soft spot in their heart for the quail and they, hey, maybe they can attend a banquet, maybe they're far away and can only send a few bucks or whatever, we'd welcome them aboard. Yes, sir. Yeah, they can go to our website at quailcoalition.org. Um, you know, you can uh, join as a member, a life member, donate whatever you can. Uh, but, yeah, the best way to do it is to uh, join us at one of our banquets. They're a heck of a lot of fun. We raise a lot of money and uh, very well attended. Almost every event this year has been sold out and set records as far as fundraising. And uh, it's just a, it's a great way to get involved. Yep, sure is. Jay, are you quail hunting this weekend? I'm actually headed to Georgia uh, Sunday for a, a two-day hunt out at Pine Hill Plantation, which is one of our big uh, donors for a lot of our chapters. They donate a quail hunt, so lucky enough to head out there and uh, experience the, the tall timbers out in South Georgia. <laughs> You're going to have a ball. I want a full report when you get back, brother. Be safe and have sure, fun, you okay? Bet. You bet. Rock Island Auction Company proudly presents the largest firearms auction in Texas history. The world's number one firearms auction house has expanded to Bedford, and their inaugural three-day event is filled with world-class firearms for collectors, shooters, and hunters alike. So mark your calendar for Rock Island Auction Company's December 8th, 9th, and 10th premier firearms auction. This unprecedented event is open to the public, and so is the December 7th preview day. We'll see you there. For more information, visit rockislandauction.com. Rock Island Auction Company, where history lives. When you drop your wild game off at Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing, go ahead, order up your ground meat and breakfast sausage, but don't stop there. We worked on a taco meat for three years to where women and kids would eat it, and a chili that we make now where you just take these things home and just throw them in a crock pot or fry them in a pan and they're ready to go. Our tamales are probably hands down to anyone's. They're double meat and, you know, masa and they're simple and they're and they're we just can't make them fast enough 
They're fully cooked. All you got to do is poke two or three holes in the bag that we give them to you in and throw them in the microwave for three and a half minutes aside. And it's like we just pulled them out of our steamer the day we made them. These items have become staples in our home. Robin's favorite is the taco meat. I'm partial to the tamales. And what a feast when we put it all together for friends and family. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing, just north of Fort Worth, about a mile from Cabela's as the crow flies. CinnamonCreekRanch.com. Over the years, the DSC Convention and Sporting Expo has raised millions of critical dollars for wildlife and wild places around the globe. West Texas water guzzlers aid and nourish many species. A helicopter with the DSC logo fights against poaching in Africa. We stand on Capitol Hill day after day defending your ability to hunt, fish, and shoot. This important work depends on your attendance at the DSC Convention. Please come and enjoy. Details are at biggame.org. Once upon a time, long, long ago, elk roamed bountifully across most of North America. Their bugle cut the early morning fog in the hills of Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, coast to coast. And then they were gone. But in 1984, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation was born. And since then, a quarter of a million people have joined the elk effort. Nearly nine and a half million acres have been preserved or access opened up to the public. There are more than 500 RMEF chapters. And the way we go about our business makes us one of the most efficient and effective conservation organizations in the U.S. The Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation plays a leading role in restoring elk to their historic habitat. Today, make a difference in the world. Make an impact. Learn how at rmef.org. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Check rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood.
we swapped neighbor Jones some good cigars for an evening hunt in the honey hole. Come along with Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back. I'm Billy Kinder. This is Kinder Outdoors from Alvord, Texas, actually just a few miles outside of town. Northwest of Fort Worth, Texas, about an hour. The gateway to the grasslands, the LBJ National Grasslands. Pretty good resource just outside of town for bird watching, hunting, and fishing. This corner of the camp house brought to you by my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch, where they now feature high-volume European-style driven pheasant hunts. Check them out at kinderoutdoors.com. Big auction today and again tomorrow at that brand-new Rock Island Auction Facility in Bedford, Texas. Joel Colander is the man over there. Welcome back, Joel. Thank you, thank you. It's, uh, it's going to be a busy weekend for us. Yeah, it certainly is. It already is. Uh, we're talking about Rock Island Auction Company and their brand-new location in Bedford, Texas, right in the middle of the Metroplex at Harwood and 121 on the east side of Highway 121 right there, the southeast corner of that mm-hmm. uh, intersection. Joel, we had a big preview day on Thursday. That was fun. We had a giant day yesterday at auction. That was fun. And two more big days today and tomorrow uh, to kick off this brand-new premier uh, location for Rock Island Auction Company. I'm having a good time with this. I hope you are. It's been it's been so long, and it's so good to see the place filled up and, and active the way we'd envisioned. It's, everything's just better than we could have anticipated. I mean, Texas has been nothing but, but hospitable, and, and that should, comes as no surprise. Obviously, there's no admission. Come on in, bid in person, or you can bid online, right? Oh, absolutely. RockIslandAuction.com. There's, uh, there's all sorts of ways to submit bids there. Uh, tell us a little bit about what we're going to see uh, today and tomorrow, Sunday. Sure. Well, the big one, uh, that, or one of the big ones, I should say, that's going to start off the day, the 66th lot of the day is that quickly down under rifle we, of course, talked about last week. Um, that's going to grab its fair share of attention, especially with all these people here. That's going to be okay. huge. Formerly in Tom Selleck's collection, donated it to the NRA uh, for auction to raise money for the NRA, uh, has been in a couple of other private collections since then, and now comes up for public auction today, later today, Saturday. And even earlier than that, there's going to be a – it's a beautiful – and you see it on a cover of one of our uh, catalogs, this absolutely gorgeous Winchester Model 1886, uh, Ulrich engraved and gold inlaid. Like, this is a factory exhibition piece. This also is American art, plain and simple. It was actually originally shipped to a Texas entrepreneur uh, back in the day. Now, we've sold similarly patterned 86s for right around that – million dollar mark um those had slightly better condition than this one but this is it's so the work on this like i said it's american art it's so stunning and and always a treat to see um if getting away from like some of the american uh pieces of art there's also uh, a cased pair of french exhibition pistols 1855 these went into you know any number of the world's fairs over in europe they're by famed uh parisian gunsmith gastine renette uh, they're also one of the heavy hitters in the auction um, with an estimate, you know, give or take right around a quarter million dollars. I mean, and those are just some of the first couple hours, if that. Uh, wow. And there's, and there's definitely more yeah. where that came from. We mentioned this last week, but, boy, Texas 
And right right in the middle of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, this is a got to be a home run location for you guys. We're we're a collector of firearms. Right now, it's in Rock Island, Illinois, and by gosh, it's been a location that's that's obviously given us a fair amount of success. But now it's time to up the ante. You know, collector firearms are every bit of deserving of a world stage location, and what better spot for collector firearms than the culture of Texas? It's a great location. It's more people. It's the type of uh, area we want to be in, and it's the type of facility, like I said, that that gun that collector firearms have been deserving of for some time. And it's an investment in the future. Those we've we've always said uh, that they're they're undervalued. You know, where you can sell your collector baseball cards for 4.2 million, or I just saw recently, like last week, a bottle of whiskey sold for 2.6 million. Wow. Well, so it's time for collector firearms for what you're getting. You could get a bottle of whiskey or you could, you know, for a quarter of that price, you could get that Winchester exhibition we just talked about. Well, I know which one I'd rather have. Yeah, and me so too. <laughs> we know where the marketplace we know where the marketplace is going. Uh and the location's really just a putting money where your mouth is. Like, yeah, we don't just believe it, we're investing in it. Yeah. So what do you do with a two point six million dollar bottle of whiskey? Apparently not drink it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because it is still around. <laughs> yeah, just hang on to it. Uh, there are some very famous guns in this auction this weekend. We talked about the Quigley gun, Quigley down under from the uh, Tom Selleck collection. Other guns from Tom Selleck's uh, current collection uh, actually uh, appearing in this auction, including Magnum PI pistols that we all saw on TV. Yep, this is actually a series. They were, I don't believe. In the series, these were a, a set of pistols that Mr. Selleck had commissioned after the fact. Uh, it was a series of originally four uh, pistols. We have one through three, and they're they're gold inlaid on the side. Magnum one, Magnum two, wow. Magnum three. Um, and like I said, they're they're straight out of Mr. Selleck's collection. We do have a video on our, our YouTube channel that shows some of the other ones. It's not just you know Colts or Winchesters. Like I said, he's got great semi-automatics like this. There's shotguns in the mix as well. Um, like I said, just a fantastic eye for for really high-end collector firearms. Hey, that makes those Selleck guns even more attractive to me, that uh, they weren't just for TV, TV props. He he went out and had these commissioned, had these built uh, after the fact for his own personal collection. That's really cool. Um, the hours, uh, today, Saturday, tomorrow, Sunday, and the nuts and bolts, Joel, if we want to come down and see you or if we want to bid online. Sure. The auction, of course, there's no there's no time for bidding online. You can bid 3 in the morning eating Cheetos if you want to. Uh, that website is up and accepting bids all the time. Uh, if you'd like to come bid live, our doors open at 10 a.m. Uh, that's a little different than our Illinois location. Those auctions used to open at 9. So if you show up at 9, I'm afraid we, we won't be open just yet. The, the Bedford uh, location will open at 10 a.m. each day. Uh, or I'm sorry, the auction will start at 10 a.m. each day. The doors are open slightly earlier than that each auction day just to, to preview the, that day's offerings. Very good. Located at Harwood and 121 in Bedford. Hey, we'll see you down uh, down there at uh, the brand new, that sparkling new, beautiful Rock Island Auction Company location in Bedford. A little bit later today, Joel. Hey, sounds good. It's uh, We might be a little busy, but, uh, but we'll always find some time to say howdy. You guys have to get out there. It's a beautiful facility and a lot of beautiful and very interesting uh, guns up for auction this weekend. Hey, I've got to say congratulations and hello to Kirsten Black of Sydney, 
Nebraska. She harvested an animal in the state that no one else can claim that they have this year, a bighorn sheep. They only allow one tag per year. And Kirsten won that draw, 15 years old. She shot a world-class trophy-caliber ram last Saturday on private land in the Pine Ridge Escarpment southwest of Chadron, Nebraska. Todd Nordine is the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission Research and Disease Program Manager. He said that this ram was 10 and a half years old in the final stages of an average lifespan of 9 to 12 years. Hey, Kirsten, congratulations. I got a note the other day from Karen King. Karen says, hey, Billy, I listen every Saturday on my way to work at the Nakona Post Office. I enjoy your program and appreciate your recommendation on gloves. What brand of gloves do you recommend for warmth? Hey, there's none other. There is no other, Karen, than buffalo wool. They're a little pricey. That's because they hold up, and they do what they say they'll do. They keep you warm. And by the way, um, Ron and Teresa, the Miskins, buffalo wool folks, they're going to be at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo in January, booth number 457. Drop by, try on a pair of gloves, experience the warmth and comfort of buffalo wool. Hi, this is Jim Zumbo, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. If you ever stop just once in West Texas at the very unique herdware store and visit with the very unique Cecil Miskin, You'll make it a regular stop every time you pass by. We are on US-287, which is one of the oldest and most major U.S. highways still. We are 40 miles south and east of Amarillo. H-E-R-D, herdware store. We've got bison leather goods, vests, chaps, dusters, and bison hide coats, bison leather belts and wallets, bison leather shoes, art. We've got western artifacts. We've got native artifacts. The only way we can describe it is all things bison. If you're not interested in bison, don't stop. If you're interested in bison, come on and plan on spending 15 minutes to two hours and enjoy yourself. The only rule that we have in this store, and we've had it for many years, and we've only had one person ever break our rule, is if you're not having fun, we're going to ask you to leave. The most unique stop between the Gulf and the Pacific, Cecil Miskin and the Herdware Store. Herdware.net. Rock Island Auction Company proudly presents the largest firearms auction in Texas history. The world's number one firearms auction house has expanded to Bedford, and their inaugural three-day event is filled with world-class firearms for collectors, shooters, and hunters alike. From historic Colts and Winchesters to spectacular sporting arms, your new favorite gun is waiting for you. So mark your calendar for Rock Island Auction Company's December 8th, 9th, and 10th premier firearms auction. This unprecedented event is open to the public, and so is the December 7th preview day, where you can view and handle history. It's a full day in their brand new state-of-the-art facility for you to touch, see, and inspect any of the collectibles in this massive three-day event. It's been called the museum you can touch, Come find out why on December 7th, then stay for three days of the largest gun auction Texas has ever seen. That's December 8th, 9th, and 10th. We'll see you there. For more information, visit rockislandauction.com. Rock Island Auction Company, where history lives.
National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The Tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org. The fish came from our waters, the meat from our fields, the heritage and history from our hearts. Glad you're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. This corner of the camp house brought to you by the undisputed best bird hunting in Texas. Joshua Creek Ranch. Five-star lodging, dining, hard-flying birds, great shotguns. It's all good. Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more about them at kinderoutdoors.com. Brad Kabechka joins us on the show this week. He's with the Tall Timbers Quail Research Center in East Texas. They're bringing the birds back. Welcome back, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Bob White's in East Texas. You, you've you been uh, doing some really good work there now for a couple of years, and you've seen some successes out there. Tell us exactly what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd characterize it as um, we've, we've been pretty successful the first year. Um, this this was our first year we actually translocated some birds. We've been working in this region for a couple of years now with private properties, providing technical guidance on management and prescriptions for managing for Bob White in this part of the world. Um, but this past year, after a couple of years of management, um, we, were, we were monitoring on this one property um, research site that uh, after a couple of years, they had done a lot of habitat work um, at pretty, pretty good scales, um, large scale, say 2,500 acres or more. And, uh, and we we just weren't seeing a population response. You know, we often hear this mantra, build it and they will come. But in East Texas, we've pretty much kind of lost a lot of our bobwhite population, so there's not really many areas or source populations for those birds to come from. So we, 
we ended up translocating wild birds into East Texas to that re, um, restored habitat this past year, and we brought uh, 60 bobwhite in January and 60 in March um, to that property. So a total of 120 birds, half were male and half were female. And of those 60 females, we documented 74 nests this year. They did. Um, they were really pumping out the nest. The survival was great um, from our adult birds. Uh, so we we still have birds on air, what we call on air. Every single one of those 120 birds got radio tagged, and so we've tracked them throughout the year. We've we've gotten almost uh, 25,000 GPS locations. Um, with our team just going out there and tracking those birds every single day. And uh, we've been able to um, to learn a lot about what they're nesting in, uh, what they're avoiding in terms of habitat and what they're favoring and how they're using habitat in terms of prescribed fire, um, feed lines, uh, predation rates by different types of predators, just all kinds of really cool stuff, both on private lands and also uh, adjacent to this private land is industrial lands and how those birds are using that landscape, say, when they disperse off property and then come back on. So um, pretty cool stuff. Our annual survival, I mentioned that survival has been good this year. Uh, we're expecting about 30% or a little bit more than 30% annual survival, which for most uh, most folks that doesn't sound great. Um, but quail, on average, have about a 20 to 30% annual survival rate um, in a stable population, and they make that up with really high reproduction. So uh, we saw about as high as survival rates as we could uh, really wish for, and, and great reproduction, those 74 nests out of those 60 hens. So we're going to um, we're gonna replicate that again next year. We're going to bring more birds in the year after, and we're going to continue to monitor those. This week we're actually trapping um, our birds to get estimates of density on the property now and uh, chick survival and all kinds of other cool stuff. So uh, lots of stuff going on in addition to the uh, just the, the translocation. I guess so, yeah. And I can hear our listeners thinking out loud uh, right now, Brad. They're saying, well, hey, my granddad grew up hunting quail in East Texas. There were lots of birds. Where'd they go? That's the million-dollar question, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, we, we have a good handle on how to grow quail um, in, in the right situations. Um, and those situations can be hard to come by sometimes. Um but those that are dedicated, I feel like, uh, you know, Bob White's been studied for 100 years, and uh, most most hunters will also tell you that they have a search image in their mind when they go out hunting. That they're going to be looking for some sort of vegetation structure or something in the back of their mind. They know what quail habitat looks like. And um, most of East Texas, we just don't have habitat. We have to start there. Um, and, you know, that's that's just a big – I'd say if, if that's the million-dollar question um, – I'd like to see some of the million dollars because <laughs> I feel like we have the answer, and we really do. It's just putting it on the ground. The research is great, and, and we're going to continue to hopefully home away at the, uh, uh, more information. But uh, a lot of what we um, know needs to just be put on the ground. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it does take money. Uh, and on the same show this week, we have Jay Stein uh, with the Quail Coalition and uh, we're telling folks about the Quail Coalition and how they can become involved in this great research. And I wanted folks to hear you about your successes uh, that you're seeing out in East Texas. Research is not like flipping on a light switch and, boom, instantly there's the answer. These things take time 
and money, and you're seeing over time now some really good results. It's a good investment if you care uh, about our quails. The Quail Coalition uh, is a good place to uh, to start. Uh, tell me this, Brad. How often do you see an eastern wild turkey over there in, in those piney woods? Actually, uh, fairly frequently. Um, but I want to hit back on something that you mentioned about Quail Coalition. You're right. It takes a village. Quail Coalition is a huge supporter of our program, both uh, Park City's Quail Coalition and the Houston Quail Coalition, as well as other private donors and NGOs. It takes um, it takes a village to make this happen, to support the research, to, um, to host the research, to have the land and having landowners and, and uh, public um, land um, holders like the state and the feds willing to do the management. It, it, it's huge. But um, as you mentioned, the, the eastern wild turkeys uh, – they're kind of like quail in this area, too. They need frequent prescribed fire, open pine systems. Most of East Texas is overgrown with brush and understories, um, become big, essentially mid-stories and overgrown uh, timber plantations. And uh, once we start thinning and burning, we tend to see those turkeys rebound. Um, we actually have a concurrent project going on on our property, or I say our property, the property that we're working on, in East Texas, in which we're working collaboratively with Texas Parks and Wildlife and a Ph.D. student at LSU to put GPS tags on wild turkeys. And we're learning a lot about um, eastern wild turkeys in our landscapes as well. Um, it's, it's really quite fascinating <laughs> what we learned this year. I was surprised at exactly how far those birds move. We had one bird that moved 16 miles. What? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, one and one turkey went uh, eight or nine miles north, and he came back to our the property where we caught him on, and then he went eight or nine miles south, came back to the property worked on, and now he's back eight miles south again. He's uh, he's a roamer, <laughs> but it, it's quite amazing at those low densities. They're looking for love and traveling the landscape using open pine, where it's real dense pine timber, real overgrown stuff. It, you would have thought there was a high fence on some of the, the those GPS tags that we put on these birds that collect the location every hour. And um, so you get some pretty high-resolution, um, cool GPS tracks of where these birds are going. And uh, I overlaid that with some of our aerial imagery. And, and like I said, you would have thought that some of these properties had high fences and these birds couldn't get around it, but it was, in fact, just really overgrown brush, and the birds didn't want to use it. I know that people are going to want to follow you and uh, keep up with what you're doing. Where can we go online to kind of stay in touch with uh, Tall Timbers East Texas? Well, you can find us on social media, of course, uh, Tall Timbers Research Station and Land Conservancy. You can find us at uh, talltimbers.org. And my contact information is on that website, and my email and, and uh, phone number as well. Brad, we appreciate your hard work as a, a lifelong bird dog guy and quail hunter. Uh, you're doing very, very, very important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on and helping spread the message. Take a look at Joshua Creek Ranch and all the great hunting opportunities down there, including the axis deer on this low-fence hill country ranch. Hey, I want to thank you for hanging out with us today. I also want to say thank you to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we have together each and every week and invite you back next time around. Till then. May God bless you and your bunch.